0: Father, as we quiet our hearts and as we consider even the words we just sang, we come, O Lord, just so incredibly thankful, so incredibly uh, grateful, and we we come rejoicing in Christ. We come rejoicing in You, O Lord. and, And we come as a people who belong to You, and that is... Great reason for us to come just praising you and rejoicing uh, with hearts full. So we come, Lord, we come as as servants to worship. We come ready uh, to hear all that you have from your word. And I pray uh, for each person here that they indeed would come ready to hear your word. And so, Father, help us. Speak, work, move, help us come ready to hear, ready to receive, and ready to live out your word, and we thank you, Father, and I know Megan and I and our family, we come incredibly thankful and just rejoicing that we are here, and it has been such a joy uh, that now we are here, and we uh, this first Sunday for me uh, to be pastor. At Haven, and so we rejoice in you in that and your goodness in that as well and so we thank you, Father, and we pray your blessing as we go to your word in jesus name amen well, I want to say first and foremost you know I am deeply humbled by the opportunity and the privilege of being your pastor I mean the Lord is good amen. and I know as I've talked to each of you, and as we have, uh, we've been praying, and I know you have been praying over and over again, my goodness, uh, we have seen that. I know we personally have, and I pray you also have as well, uh, the Lord's goodness that we are finally here, and it feels like finally, doesn't it? (laughs) So um, we come, and it has been such a blessing over these months to get to know you and now to become your pastor. And so I come as a thankful and as a grateful man. And I also want to just simply commend your search committee. Uh, they have been so kind and they have been so diligent in the task that was set before them. And that's not a light task. I mean, it's a weighty task to consider who would be the man who would lead your church, Haven Baptist Church. And so I want to uh, specifically thank Michael for putting up with. Many of my uh, questions and answers, or questions I had for him, and, and really, you know, serving us, Megan and our family so well, and serving you, Haven, so well throughout these months as well. And I want to thank all of you uh, as well, Haven here, uh, for all your kind and welcoming remarks and how you came Monday and you helped us, uh, you served us, and we, we felt very welcomed, uh, and I know we had a lot of stuff and you helped. Uh, you know, you carrying everything in and, and we, we are so just delighted and thankful for each of you in this. And so all this to say, we come deeply thankful and grateful for each of you and I personally am delighted uh, that I am here to be your pastor. So in light of this being my first Sunday here, I carefully and have prayerfully thought through what the Lord would have us to uh, look at this morning in his word And that was not easy either. You know, coming as the first sermon uh, to be your pastor here was a a weighty task for me. Uh, But continually, over and over again, the Lord led me back to the passage we're going to be in this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And so you're welcome to begin turning there if you like. Um, And so so here in this passage, Paul, he makes clear that he came to the church of Corinth reclaiming essentially one thing. Christ, and Him crucified. And so also at the very heart of my coming to you also is this central point, that I come to you to herald, to proclaim Christ. And so let's look then here at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and may God ready our hearts to hear and to receive His word this morning. So that, so that your faith may not, might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That is the word of God. So here, the church at Corinth, they were a troubled church. I mean, they had problems. In fact, they had a lot of problems. <laughs> and so they were a church that really liked to play in the mud, so to speak. You know, one commentator, he summarized it well. He, he said, the problem was not that the church was in Corinth, but that too much of Corinth was in the church. Now, aren't you glad that, you know, churches aren't like that anymore? You know, right? I mean, that, that's no longer a problem. We have it down. We know what it means to follow the Lord. We don't have those kind of problems. Isn't it encouraging to know none of us have problems like that either, personally? Right? Well, no. (laughs) I think we all know, myself included, we don't come here and go anywhere as perfect people. We aren't there yet. One day we will be, and my, we look forward to that day. But this is not that day. It is good for us to remember that Paul calls the Corinthians, of all people, I mean, they were... Not a light people. They they did some some bad things. They were doing bad things. They were walking in bad ways. But he calls these people the church of Corinth saints. And so let us recall and bring to mind often that this gospel, this good news, it is for sinners. It's for the broken. It's for you. It's for me. And so here then in these verses, Paul What he's doing here is he's continuing his line of thinking that he began in chapter one, where he left off addressing, you know, these divisions and is coming to them to preach the gospel to now continue by writing of what was the central subject of his proclamation. This was his thing. It was the one subject and the one object of Paul's preaching. Christ preached Christ heralded, and Christ proclaimed. That's what Paul was about. And so we see, first then, that as he came proclaiming the testimony of God, we see we need His testimony. We need God's testimony. We need this testimony, this Word of Life, this Gospel, this Christ, and this Bible through which we have in written form... From Genesis to Revelation, the testimony of God concerning his son. We need that. And this is what you need and what you will get from me. You don't need a man here, up here, spouting his own agendas, his own philosophies, and his own ideas, but you need the testimony of God. You need the gospel. You need God's word. And so do I. And it's from this word that we have a vision and that we have a mission of which the gates of hell shall not prevail. Even when the world around us is broken, even as God said it would be, even when things seem hard and they are hard, we have that still set before us that the church will endure. God's kingdom is sure. Paul, however, here he tells us how he did not do this, how he did not come, what the manner of his proclaiming was, with the way he was not proclaiming this. So he didn't proclaim the way he didn't proclaim this testimony, and so he didn't come to exalt himself. Paul, he was not concerned with making himself look intelligent, nor with saying what would be most entertaining, nor uh, tickling people's ears and he, and so that they would uh, be happy with what he said, but his desire was to serve his Savior. He loves Christ, he adores Christ, and he wants to serve Christ, and so that is his heart. And so this aim, this temptation to exalt self can slowly, even you know, subtly, begin seeping into our hearts as well, right? Right? And this temptation, it's not a respecter of persons. No one is above it. So we're tempted to say, look at my knowledge, look at my accomplishments, look at my contributions, look at my loyalty, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at you, look at you, look at you. Right? And slowly the vision and the mission is lost, and the gospel is muddled, and the broken and lost remain broken and lost. We began exalting ourselves when we were never meant to be about exalting us, but exalting Him. So God is calling us not to be men and women intent upon building our kingdom but intent upon building the kingdom of our great God. And whose kingdom are we building? At home, at work, at school, and in our churches, whose kingdom are we about? So during my senior year in high school, I remember the the humble way I introduced myself to the new High school football coach and my wife Megan there smiles because she knows where I'm heading with this, which it's ridiculous the way I introduced myself, and you will agree after I tell you how I did. But so I said, Hi, <laughs> my name is Andrew Record. So my last name is Record, R-E-C-O-R-D. And I said, My name is Andrew Record. I am the record breaker, the record taker, and the record maker. <laughs> But then I clarified for him. But it's it's not record; it's record. <laughs> so yes, you see, ridiculous, and of course, my skills became very evident very quickly as I spent the entirety of the year on the bench as well, cheering from the sidelines. So you 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 saw that firsthand. I did break some records there on the side. So God, He has a He has a way of humbling us, and hopefully. The humbling comes this side of heaven. If we would have our kingdom, wherever it may be, it will be a broken one. But Christ has come to graciously have us join him in building a kingdom that will not fail or will not falter. Even with all of our failures, all of our mistakes and sins, brothers and sisters, how God will use those who humble themselves, who are about His kingdom, who are about preaching His testimony. Another thing Paul did not do is he did not come as a salesman. So verse 4, he says his speech was... And message were not in plausible words of wisdom. So, of course, this is not saying that a pastor or a preacher is wrong to work hard on his words, um, even using the right words. You, know, you simply consider, you know, Paul here, I mean, he is being very careful with his words, right? And consider even all the other letters that Paul has written and how careful he is with his words and how important it was that he was careful with his words, <laughs> And then, back up from there and just consider people you know, pastors, preachers you, you know, look up to, I mean, how careful are they with their words? And so he's not saying, don't be careful with your words. Instead, this is talking about persuasion that is not grounded in God's word, the gospel or God's testimony. Paul, he is standing against Self-reliant, worldly, wordless, gospelless preaching. The role of the preacher is clear: preach God's message, His word, and His gospel. And that's what I've come to do. And by the grace of God, I will do it. What we need and the world needs is not some newfangled cultural gospel, some historical Jesus, but they need the truth. They need His testimony, God's revelation. And so let's be a people about His testimony. Let our message and ministry be a kingdom-motivated ministry, and let us be a people of His Word. Next, we see and we can say with great resolve that we need this Savior. Paul had decided he would know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now let's consider this point for a moment, because that point sounds awfully easy to hear, and you will hear it all over the place (laughs) in churches. But this is not a soft point. So our pastor, Dr. Herschel York from Buck Run, where we just came from, He would say at times, it's not a take up your pillow and follow him kind of point. It's not what this is kind of aiming at. It's not a soft point. So preaching Jesus and him crucified, it is upending. It's world changing. It's idol undoing. Is that easy for you? (laughs) When When he shows you an idol in your life and he says, you need to cast it off. Well, recently, at Buck Run, where we came from, you know, a couple came forward one Sunday morning, um, and they had been living a, a life of, of drugs, of despair, and brokenness. Well, they had children together, and they weren't married. Well, on that, that Sunday, Jesus upended their lives. They came to faith in Jesus Christ. They were convicted over that course of the week, over not being married, and they decided they needed to be married. And so they they met with one of the pastors at Buck Run, and then next Sunday they were married by the pastor. So Jesus will upend your life, but my, oh my, what glory is there in the upending? What glory goes to God and good comes to us when we don't remain clinging to our sins and our idols, but instead we run to the Savior. And so let me urge you, let your life be upended. Let it be changed and let your idols be undone before the Lord. And you may be here and you don't know Christ. And He's calling you this very day to respond to Him. To trust him, to look to him, to turn from sin and self, and to cast all of your shame, all of your brokenness, all of your sin, all of your debts upon him, and he will forgive you. he will save you, he will upend your life, and that's good and this calls us out of apathy and our complacency and calls us to action so Jesus, he is a gentle savior and he, he gently comes and he performs surgery where we need surgery most, our hearts. And that's hard, but it's good. So let him have your idols and sins, and he will help you. He will uphold you, and he will change you. So I come incredibly humbled to be your pastor, but I am not your savior. I am not your hope. He is. And so let's hope and glory in our Savior together. And so we are, as you, if you don't know, I don't know what's going on, but as you do know, we are quickly coming to another presidential election. And there will be many candidates over the course of time that will be saying, I am the answer, I am your hope, and I will save our nation. But don't be fooled. As important as the presidential election is, let us never confuse who is our hope and who is our Savior and whose kingdom we are living for and heading towards. It's not this one. There's a reason why we're called sojourners and strangers in Scripture. And may our banner never cease to be Jesus. So now, more than ever, our nation needs this testimony and this savor. And so let us make clear in whom we hope, what kingdom we are heading towards, and how urgent our news is. But we can't and must not do this without this last point here as well. We need his power. We need his power. Paul says here in these last verses that he came to the church of Corinth in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Now whether Paul was talking about some ailment or sufferings or persecution from following Christ, even the weightiness of the task set before him, what we see of Paul is that he was a dependent man. He depended upon God. So contrary to those who were exalting themselves, Paul He came as an honest man. He came honest about his weaknesses and his frailties. And I think sometimes, you know, we can do that too. Right? We, We can act like we've got everything together when we don't. But we need to be okay with the fact that we're weak. The truth is, by default, when we say we're Christians, we're saying that we can't do this. You're admitting you can't live this life. Nor that you were meant to live this life. You're admitting that you are not perfect. You are a sinner. And you're admitting that you were made for Him and you need His Spirit and His power to live for Him. And so we come together, gathering together this morning, admitting we are a weak people. We have this and that maybe going on in our lives. We have perhaps these successes, or this knowledge, or whatever it may be, but we are a weak people, and I think if you dive deep enough to end in any one of our lives, you would see just that. You would see we don't all have it all together. But we are looking to Christ, the one who is our Savior, the one who is upholding us, the one who is our life. So, I also am weak. I come to you in weakness, even like Paul in weakness and fear and much trembling. And so, I consider being your pastor an amazing privilege and blessing, but I also feel the weight of this calling. I feel the weight of coming to you as an imperfect man, yet called to minister to you. So, what does this mean for you and me? It means, even in our weaknesses, When we come as a dependent people individually and together upon God and upon His Word and our Savior, we come as a people, and when we come as a people who need His testimony and need our Savior and His power, there is where we will see a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Not because your faith is in heaven, not because your faith is in me or in the wisdom of men, but is in the power of God. So in this way God gets all the glory and that is good and that is for our good. Charles Spurgeon whom you probably will hear me quote from frequently. I'll be doing my dissertation on Charles Spurgeon so if you get tired of him just I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he has uh, 68 or 69 volumes of uh, pulpit commentary so um, from his sermons. so I've got a lot to, to quote from. But Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he wisely, he preached this. He said, the gospel is preached in the ears of all. It only comes with power to some. The power that is in the gospel does not lie in the eloquence of the preacher. Otherwise, men would be converters of souls. Nor does it lie in the preacher's learning. Otherwise, it would consist of the wisdom of men. We might preach till our tongues rotted, till we should exhaust our lungs and die but never a soul would be converted unless there were mysterious power going with it. The Holy Ghost changing the will of man. Oh, sirs, we might as well preach to stone walls as preach to humanity unless the Holy Ghost be with the Word to give it power to convert the soul. And may it be that we lean and trust in our great God to do great things as a weak, dependent people. So that, Your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And He gets all the glory to the praise of His glorious grace. I love the words from The Valley of Vision. I don't know if you've ever read it before. It's a book of Puritan prayers. I would recommend it to you, but it says it right. In this prayer, let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up. That to be low is to be high. That the broken heart is the healed heart. That the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit. That the repenting soul is the victorious soul. That to have nothing is to possess all. That to bear the cross is to wear the crown. That to give is to receive. That the valley is the place of vision. Isn't it ironic that the only way but really we begin living for Christ and changing and He sanctifies us is when we die to self. When we give up self. When we stop trying to exalt ourselves. When we stop trying to be the salesman instead following Jesus Christ and preaching Christ. You go into the ground and die and that's when you will live. So, let's apply the word. Let's not be content with knowing much and doing little, but let us be zealous to get his word into our minds and our hearts and our lives. Let's prepare to see God's work. Weaknesses and all, let us get to the work, prepare for the work, and look in expectation for him to work. Let us be a people entrenched in prayer. And let's make his glory and his kingdom central in all we do. Let us fight the good fight of the faith and the persistent battle against indwelling sin, not building kingdoms for ourselves, but be about building His. A ministry that at every turn and with every effort is dependent on God. So I come to you, the herald, to proclaim Christ. And may we together go out and do likewise for His glory and for His kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we come and we just thank you, Father, for your great goodness, your great kindness, and these words from your word. And that is my heart, that was Paul's heart, that Christ would be proclaimed. And as each person here is considering their own lives, thinking through your word, some here need to respond by putting their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. They need to look to Christ and trust in Him, and He will save them. Others here, they, Christ might be calling him, calling them to follow you by becoming members of this church. Others still may be being called to be baptized, and others still may be called to something else. But Father, we pray that each person here would respond to your word. And so we thank you, Father, for your word. And as we have this final song, let's pray that you would work in the hearts and help us respond together for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.